The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Great to have you tuned in this week. We're going to be talking about a story of faith here today, a specific story of faith, Percy. We are. We're going to hear from a cancer survivor. And by definition, uh, the word survivor uh, recognizes someone who has been cancer-free for five years or more. So we're going to hear from an individual who truly had a beginning, had a middle, and had an ending, and is now on the other side of an entire process that will help us to understand not just being a survivor but being an overcomer and how she's blessing others to do exactly the same. Myrna Taylor will join us here on the program today. Uh, Percy, in your role as director of faith-based programs, you, you must hear stories of a person's intersection of faith and their cancer journey all at the same time. In many cases, in most cases, I'm often asked the question, how often do people really truly want to talk about their faith or spirituality in the face of cancer? And I've always responded this way, cancer, because it's quote unquote a life-threatening disease, forces people to think about mortality, death and dying. And death and dying forces individuals to think about where am I going? Where have I been? What is my relationship with God? Is there a God? Why did God do this? It forces, in many cases, conversations to be evoked about God that gives opportunity to hear how the intersection, as you would say, Wayne, of one's faith and their and their cancer journey begin to collide, and it creates all sorts of new chapters and narratives that are now being written and in many cases being retold to many afterwards. And when we hear each other's stories, it encourages us, doesn't it? Well, that's the whole point. The scriptures tell us that the reason for the scriptures to be written was to remind us and to encourage us in generations to generations. Do you have another scripture verse on your mind? I do. I have absolutely uh, our spiritual nugget that we want to open up with, which is Hebrews 11. Uh, And of course, everyone knows Hebrews 11. Of course, that's the great faith chapter. But Hebrews 11, uh, verse number one says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And we're going to hear how that played out with regard to Myrna and her journey and her walk and how now she is enabling and empowering others to do the same. It's not to be missed today as we continue this program, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We're found online at healthhopeandinspiration.com and you can share that website with others, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Stay with us now. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. 
Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Just before our host, Percy McCray, introduces our guest, remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. Well, it is my privilege and pleasure to have our guest today, Ms. Myrna Taylor, who is a cancer survivor. And Myrna is going to help us kind of understand her journey and her path as a cancer patient and who is now a cancer survivor. And we're excited, uh, again, to share with you others who have survived cancer and and treatment of cancer and who are here to tell their story. So today, Myrna, we are excited and and privileged to have you. Thank you for being with us today. It is my pleasure, and I'm well looking forward to it and letting others know it's not a death sentence anymore. Well, first, obviously, with that comment, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Enjoying life, um, loving my family, getting to go places that I've never, you know, the bucket list type of <laughs> thing, you know, writing it down yeah, and then checking thing. and checking off everything that I've done. So, so far I'm halfway through my little bucket list. So that's exciting to hear. It really is. And as you work through that, uh, I'm sure that there are many stories and experiences that go with that, but let's talk a little bit about being a cancer patient, we're, we're, we're speaking to individuals who very well may be on the path of being a cancer patient or may not even be aware of the fact that soon they may be become one who's going to be on the path of cancer as a cancer patient. Let's talk about originally how you uh, found out that you were diagnosed with cancer. What was going on in your world and in your life when you were told that you had cancer? What was going on? Um, I was working. Uh, married, taking care of a son who's in his 30s now, but Mm -hmm. during that time, you know, he was just getting ready to come out of high school, college, and really doing what a family should do. Sure. And when I, mainly I found it, I found the tumor. Ah. Uh, Self-examination is one of the best ways for any person not to ignore what's going on but I I did a self-examination and found it and the thing is I found it during the holidays okay so I didn't want to you know bother my family with it because we were getting ready for the holidays we were doing our thing so I waited a while until the following year and then I set up appointments to further check up and, and am I to assume when you use the term, you found it with self-examination that uh, it was breast cancer? It was breast cancer, yes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you were diagnosed with breast cancer and um, you began, I would assume, uh, at some point a treatment regimen and, and, and started the path yeah. of, of becoming a cancer patient. How did you initially feel? What was your reaction and thoughts when you were told that you had cancer? Uh, I can tell you I cried. It felt like a death sentence. Okay. Um, And I could say that that's what went through my mind. I was like, oh, it's you're going to die. Which probably goes through a lot of people's mind. And that and that it really took me uh, for a loop cried so much was signing papers and didn't know what I was signing okay. but still went on signing papers and saying yes to surgeries instead of 
uh, going for a second opinion. Mm. But once I grabbed my composure, called on a couple of prayer partners. Sure. And told them what I was going through. They said, well, before you do that, let's pray. Let's see what happens. And got the information of uh, getting a second opinion. And and how important, and we've had several patients on the show who have expressed and shared the importance of getting a second opinion. Yes. Uh, not necessarily reacting or responding initially to the first thing that was said to them. You, you took control of your situation. Mm-hmm. You, you, you began to empower yourself. Uh, how did that feel when, when, you, when you took that, when you composed yourself, uh, you connected with a support group? And we're going to yes. talk about prayer and spirituality in a minute. I want to just put that on the back burner. How did that feel, the transition from being uh, you cried and you were overwhelmed to, okay, I need to get some more information. I need to get a second opinion. What was that transition? That transition took place like, to say, okay, wait a minute, this cannot happen. I, it gave me a wake-up call. Okay. It, like, snapped me out of the tears and out of the woe is me, I'm going to die. Okay. To, nope, you need to do something other than what you're going through. Okay. And that's what it did. It literally woke me out of my being stuck. Sure. And once I got into talking and getting that second opinion it was like okay i'm taking control now no one else and truth be told um my husband is not with me so i wanted to use it all he was more or less like let's fix it now okay you know and i had to literally even let him know no wait a minute i need to get a second opinion before we even even though I signed the papers mm. for everything, surgery, the whole part, I said I need to get a second opinion, and that woke us up. So, so the the fighter, the warrior, yes. the giant was awakened inside yes. of you. You're empowered yes. now, yes. and so you decided to to get some additional information. You did that. You began a process of treatment and care. Uh, you worked through. I'm sure. A lot of emotional highs and lows. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, What was the role of your faith in a clinical setting? How did those two worlds meld together for you? Uh, For me, it became um, a thing where I said, God, use me. But then I said, when I thought about it and when he showed me how he was going to use me, I was like, Oh, I didn't mean that way. <laughs> but I took it. I said, okay, Lord, then I'll go through the process. Right. And I re- I come to realize that it was a process. So let's talk about that because this is an important distinction. And I've been doing this a long time. In some cases, not all, when, when individuals tend to say, I'm going to use my faith, uh, lean on my faith, and allow my faith to, to empower me, I think in some cases – Many people tend to think that that that's going to eliminate this arduous or difficult path. You said that there was a process that you worked through. Let's talk about your process a little bit. Uh, My process had to deal with um, a fear, a fear of going through under the knife, a fear of hearing how others would go through chemo and their experience, a fear of radiation, a fear of actually dying. 
You know, my I have to say this as well because my husband deals with death every day because he's a funeral director. Okay. So I'm always hearing, oh, baby, this person died of cancer, this one. And I'm like, oh, Lord, now it's my turn. Right. Because as a cancer patient, you, you yeah. quoted it earlier today. Cancer, in many cases, is synonymous with the death, death and dying. Yes. And yes. so you, you had to work through that. That wasn't mm-hmm. something that just you no. just dismissed out of your brain. You had to work through a I process of that. I had to work through that process of that process deciding to live and not die. Mm. That process saying, um, I'm going to do what God has ordained me to do. Not what man, not what my family, but what. I've been ordained from the foundation to do. And that process, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not. Okay, good. There are many times where I just cried and felt alone. But in the midst of it all, um, I can say that God was there. He was there and he helped me through. And it was step by step. Step by step, and it, and sometimes it felt like uh, footprints in the sand. Sure, sure. That's the best way to describe this walk. So you're 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 using your faith. You're mm-hmm. you're leaning on everything that you know and understand about your God and and your relationship with Him, and yet. You're doing chemotherapy. You're yes. doing radiation. Radiation you, operation. Had go, you had to do some surgical processes. Yes. And, and the thing that I want to enumerate here is that that did not exclude you from that from the actual practical components of what you had to do. Right. That was part of the journey. Yes, it was very much so um, because I knew I believed in healing. I knew I believed God can heal, but. He uses all types of situations, people, doctors, nurses, individuals to help you go through that. And sometimes he decides, oh, well, I want to make a miracle out of you Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just heal you. Mm -hmm. That's good, too. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you didn't get to determine that. No. okay, No, I didn't. He made it that at that point where I decided the second opinion it was no longer about me, but it was about who can I help in the process. So let's talk about that with the little time that we have left. I know that you have now attended uh, a training program that we've referenced and talked about on this show. That's actually a program sponsored by the Cancer Treatment Centers of America called Our Journey of Hope, which is a biblically based training curriculum that empowers and trains local churches and pastors and laity to actually start cancer care ministry. You made reference earlier that when you began to tap into what is it that God wants to do with me? How does he want to use me? You transition through your treatment, radiation, chemotherapy, surgery, you're crying. You have to work through uh, the possibility of death and dying. You get to the other side of that, and now you find yourself going through this program, being trained to actually go out and support other cancer care, uh, cancer patients. Would would it be safe to say that that in your mind this has been part of the journey and the process yes. of what God was preparing and leading you through for? Yes, yes. How can you tell people that God is a healer or he's a deliverer or he can help you in your your crisis yeah. 
if you haven't been through anything. Can't lead where you haven't been. Right. Can't talk about what you haven't been through. Exactly. So I decided that at that point that there are so many other people and families who have gone through the same process as I have that they can have a hope and they can have a, a strength that either way, whether they're here today or they're gone tomorrow, yes. there's still a hope. Wow. And that's what I've gotten even in doing the pastoral care that I can give not only the person that's going through the process yes. an outlook to being content in whatever state they're in. As the Apostle Paul so yeah. aptly said. Yes, yes. And then to say to them, this is okay. You know the end of the book? Let's go through it. You're not by yourself. You know the end. That's what matters. And helping the families as well, because a lot of people put their concern on the patient or the client. But then there's others that suffer with the family. And then giving the family hope to let them know, oh, well, you got to go through something, too. We don't know, but let's take this and put as much love into it I guess I could say because I've learned to instead of speaking to people and say oh I love you to death I tell them I love them to life love you to life and so that works out and it gives them life and not only them but myself as well well I have been inspired and encouraged (laughs) in hearing your story today because at the end of the day again The words that fall from your lips are based upon where you've been, what you've seen and what you've heard and felt. Today, we salute you. We empower you. And we thank God that he has used you to touch others who are journeying through cancer. May God richly keep and bless you. Thank you. What a special, special lady. Myrna Taylor here talking with Percy McRae. Wow, wow, wow. Touched and inspired all over again in hearing one who has taken their circumstances, negative circumstances, and turned it into a positive reality of being available for others and to be a blessing and a service to the Father God. It was very powerful. Yeah, not that. a hint of self-pity there at all. Not at all. Not at all. Once uh, she she processed through where she was and what she needed to do, she kicked into a completely different gear yeah. that just enabled her to do amazing things. Yeah, no longer about me, she said. I am not a victim. Don't craft for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How inspiring to hear from Myrna Taylor here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, Percy, let's come back in just a moment and talk more about this. I want to hear more of these stories. I know you have some because uh, as director of faith-based programs, you hear them, don't you? I tell you, I'm reminded on a regular basis, particularly by my wife, of uh, have I ever sat down to think about how many stories, scenarios, and occasions that I've had to experience these types of experiences with individuals. And you're right. uh, I'm a blessed man today to know and to be a part of those type of occasions. We'll talk more about it coming up on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Don't forget the website and feel free to share this website in your family and circle of friends. It's healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. 
we use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Welcome back to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I don't know about you, Percy. I'm still basking in that story we heard from Myrna Taylor here today. Well, it was it was a type of conversation to bask in for sure because <laughs> it equipped and empowered people to really move beyond their circumstances. Why do we need to hear stories like this? Well, why does Dove Soap, why does Pepsi Cola uh, hire uh, individuals to be spokespersons for their product? It is to endorse firsthand someone who says that I have used this and it has benefited me to encourage others to believe and possibly go down that same path, a path of utilizing that product. The product today that we're talking about is the product of faith, the product of hope, the product of belief. And when we begin to encourage others to do that by those who have actually done this, it encourages people to believe that things are possible that may have seemed impossible. And murder was certainly a great example of that. She was. She was. Well, how do you process what we learned from uh, your conversation with her today? Well, I think the big takeaway from Myrna is she gave us a great example of Though she was a person of faith, she used her faith and she kicked into her faith. She had to work through the process of her humanity. She cried. She was shocked. She was dismayed. And I think it's important to help people to understand just because you're a person of faith does not mean that your faith is not shaken. Yep, still human. That's exactly right. As a matter of fact, a faith that's worth being a faith has to be shaken and tested from time to time. But when she worked through that initial shock, dismay and emotion, she used the statement. She said she stopped reacting to her circumstance and she began to empower herself so she made a transition that's good news for anyone that's listening to this today because many of us will start out exactly the same where we're stunned we're overwhelmed we can't believe that we've heard that information and there may be crying and weeping or yeah. whatever our emotional Why re- me? that's yeah. exactly right but but the divine conjunction but we now can shift gears as she did and instead of reacting to her situation she says she began to empower her Herself. And think of the effect that had on everybody around her, her family, her friends, all of her acquaintances, her church. I would imagine if you talk to any individual that knew her and helped her walk through that process, they would their eyes would light up and talk about how we watched her make that transition and how we saw her journey one step at a time to get to a place of victory and success. She also made the point that I thought was very important. Whether we receive the optimal outcome that we desired or not, because of our faith, we still have read the end of the We've book. read the book. <laughs> and we know what comes ha- comes at the end, and we still have a reason to rejoice and to be hopeful. That's a testimony worth telling and sharing with individuals. Yeah, and she loves people to life now. <laughs> and not to death. And I tell you, I want to be loved to life, too. I don't want everybody's love, because some yeah. love is deadly. I want you to love me She's to life. my role model Absolutely. now. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Hey, take us back to Hebrews 11 as we wrap up today. Our closing scripture and our spiritual nugget again. Hebrews 11, verse number one. Now faith is, not faith was, not faith is going to be. Faith is right here and now. Is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We walk by 
by faith and not by sight. Everything that appears to be one way is not necessarily how it will end up as we continue to utilize our faith and believe in possibly good things happening to us. Well, our time is nearly up this week, but we'll be back next week at the same time on this station. We encourage you to join us then. And I'll tell you what, in the meantime, why don't you listen online to any past programs you may have missed in this series, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, I'm glad to say they're all available right there on the website. All available. Please go and look at that and share that with your friends. Tremendous resources that will bless you. HealthHopeAndInspiration.com is that website. One more time, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We do have a toll-free number if you'd like to call Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For more information, 855-929-HOPE. 855-929-4673. For Percy McRae, who is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening. Can I give you that website one more time? It's healthhopeandinspiration.com. We'll see you next week. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.